Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed to foster community for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike by navigating topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. Thanks for joining. Celeste M. Cooper has been a Steppenwolf Theater Company Ensemble member since 2018. She has so many theater credits, but some of my favorite to mention are A Doll's House Part 2, Duchess, 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 which was a New York Times critic pick, uh, Never the Sinner at Victory Gardens Theater, The Hard Problem at the Court Theater, Measure for Measure at the Goodman Theater, and For Colored Girls at the Kansas City Repertory. Some of her film and TV credits include a reoccurring role on Chicago PD, Sense8, um, and Range Runners on Amazon Prime and other streaming platforms, for which she won um, Best Actress in the Twister Alley Film Festival. She also won the Felicia Rashad Most Promising Actress Award with the Black Alliance Theater. Celeste is a member and casting associate with Eclipse Theater Company. She has a BA in Speech Communications and Theater from Tennessee State University and an MFA in Acting from the Theater School at DePaul University. She is represented by Payonessa Talent Agency. Please help me welcome Celeste M. Cooper. Hello, hello, Narrowway to Broadway, and welcome to this episode. Um, I am here with my new friend. You just heard a little bit about her, um, Celeste M. Cooper. And it's actually fun because for the first time, you guys won't get to see this, but we're actually doing a little video recording. So I get to see her in her cute red red glasses. She's way more well-lit than I am. I am I am in my closet. I don't even think she can tell what I look like at all. Um, but we're so excited to have her here. Um, again, you just heard her bio, her credits, and her experience are extensive and I'm fangirling as like a Chicago <laughs> actress over here. Um, hey, Celeste. Hey, Emma. Thank you or for so, having me. So excited. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited to have you. Um, we were talking, Celeste was like, how did you find me? And I got to tell her the story about how most of the guests we have on the podcast are because I am truly an Instagram stalker. I think I should put on my resume that I can like find anyone <laughs> and it just happens to be, but God works in mysterious ways, y'all. Um, okay, so Celeste, the first thing that I'm so excited to dive in and chat about is the production of Duchess, Duchess, Duchess you did with Steppenwolf earlier. It was it was streamed. I know that you did, you separately recorded. It was you and one other actress and you separately recorded during COVID. But I think the crazy thing about this play, so it was written by Vivian J. O. Barnes, who wrote this and if if any of this information is incorrect please feel free to correct me but she wrote this in her first year of grad school at uc san diego which was i think 2018 but it's a play about like the royal family and all of these dynamics i think it was quoted in I found, oh, in the Chicago Crusader, it says the play explores the bigger question of what it means to be a black woman entering institutions that seem eager to have you, but aren't necessarily built to support you, how you start to adapt in order to survive once you're inside of them and the impact of bringing people like you along. So that's what the playwright said. But it's just crazy because this play kind of examined all of the themes we saw in the Oprah special, which I think, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, premiered three days before the, the Steppenwolf <laughs> streaming was available. Okay. So this is just crazy. <laughs> and I think, I think, um, 
I read something that said, so your castmate, Sydney Charles, was quoted in NBC commenting and saying, is this witchcraft? Because <laughs> it was just the timing was crazy. So I just want to hear what your reaction was to all of this, how much you knew about the interview that was coming out um, from Meghan Markle, and just kind of a little bit about that process in general of just how weird it was and how crazy the timing was. Yeah, so we... So yeah, we are, are worked on that project back in December of 2020. Uh, uh, like I shot my scenes for three or four days in my apartment, and then we switched over to Sydney's apartment where they shot scenes. So we actually aren't even recording our scene or like the whole show in real time with each other. Like we are Zoom readers for the other person, but the the I had a I had the camera equipment focused on me and they were pressing record remotely for me and I was had the lights and the had a whole set in my apartment and I live in like a plus size studio so pretty much the entire uh set was my apartment and I'm like sliding out of my bed just to get to the bathroom because there's so much equipment that was that I had to load in to make this thing happen but but yeah the whole focus was I'm 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 looking at my Zoom where to where Sydney would be sitting, um, the, my uh, scene partner, and then also I had uh, they gave me a measuring tape to like you know basically make a post-it note for the height of where Sydney would be if she were to stand up, uh, and because she's taller than me, so I would have to look at the post-it note when I knew she was standing, and then look at the computer where I had her sitting and try to do my best. And I had people actually, I was like, hey, I need you to help me maintain that I'm looking in the right place because I'm naturally going to want to connect with Sydney over Zoom, uh, even though there was lagging, right? Because it's, you know, it's Zoom and, and there's a Wi-Fi issues, all that type of stuff. So it was just funny. But but yeah, I would I would have to, you know, negotiate where is where is my scene partner? Like, okay, this is the part where she's standing. So I'm gonna look at this post-it note and act like she's giving me a whole bunch of stuff, but I actually can't see her because she's not actually up that high. Uh, so, and it was just really, uh, it was really crazy. And I know that the, the writer, I mean, everybody was nobody, we, we knew it was a great show. Uh, <laughs> like we knew that Vivian wrote a really beautiful show yeah. and we, and we knew that we had an excellent, our excellent director, um, Wayne and, uh, and our amazing director of photographer, director of photography, uh, Lowell Thomas, uh, who put the whole thing, he was the one that actually made it look like we were in the same room. Uh, like he, he, I don't even know how he did it, but he did it. And it was amazing on how he made that happen. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, everyone knew it was going to be, you know, something special, but no one had any idea that Oprah was going to do an interview with Meghan Markle. Cause yes, the, the playwright was, influenced by the royal family and Meghan Markle and was amazed at the fact that she had just had a baby and then like went out to wave and all this stuff like and that was kind of where she started to write it from or, or you know um or one of the moments of why she wanted to write it but but yeah it was just crazy because it just seemed like um definitely God was like this is something that you know people are going to pay attention to because Steppenwolf has done other virtual projects and things like that but to have a project that actually is a New York Times critics pick um, and in the Washington Post and like all types of things. Like it's got 
so much critical acclaim and is nominated for things or nominated for, I think, a couple awards or something right now. It's just crazy, but uh, it's just, it's really beautiful, um, which I think is also very important, uh, you know, to think about is how, uh, like, we, we, we can't always see God's hand, uh, but, like, it's like the more we can trust him, uh, it's just... Man, we're so much better off if we could just trust and release because, like I said, I just said yes to being a part of the project. I had no idea that it was going to turn into what it turned into, and I'm just incredibly grateful. I'm incredibly grateful for God continuing to want to use me and um, and just use people in general, even if you're um, not always sure what you have to offer uh, or not even always sure, like, right. do I really know what I'm doing? I don't know. Like I have, uh, I have imposter syndrome that I sometimes deal with sometimes, Emma. And so uh, it's interesting that even in that God continues to use me and which is also, you know, throughout the Bible of the people that are discrediting um, their, their, their talent or their gifts because they think it's not as good. You know, Moses is speech impediment. I can't do this. And so he's like, okay, well, Aaron will help you. And, and David, Oh, David's the little, little shepherd boy. He's tiny. He ain't go, you know? And like, he's like, Nope, but David's going to be the next King. And so like this, all these things of when we second guess ourselves, it's like, no, actually God's like, I'm going to use that. And when I use it, Oh man, how amazing. Uh, how much of more of a blessing or how much more of a testimony will you have and inspire other people that they can do it too. So, uh, so yeah, I think this reminded me whether you are producing your own work, whether you're a part of a company that just plant the seed, work on the thing and watch that thing blossom. You know, if God has blessed you with an idea. If God blessed Vivian with an idea, not knowing or Vivian did not know it was going to turn into what it turned into. I mean, it's technically a play and it was filmed. Right. So uh, I think that, you know, it's just, it's beautiful. The more we can do our best to surrender, which is so much uh, it's easier said than done. Yeah, that's so true. And it was, I mean, I'm sure being a part of that process was so surreal because you were a part of it from the beginning, but I think What's mm -hmm. so cool and beautiful about art in this way is that, you know, people, all, because, I mean, the, the themes of the Oprah interview with Meghan Markle and Harry and the themes of Duchess, Duchess, Duchess were very similar, like thematically discussed a yeah. lot of the same conversation about, about women, about yeah. women of color, about the royal institution. It was all similar, but I think that there is a beauty of accessibility that art provides where people can watch to, even though they were in, it was inspired by Meghan Markle, two fictional characters. And your characters didn't even have names, did they? They were called the Duchess and the Duchess-to-be, right? Yeah, Duchess and the yeah. soon-to-be Duchess. So, soon-to-be Duchess, yes. Mm -hmm. And you played the soon-to-be Duchess, correct? Yes. Yeah, yes, so yes. I think that that was so beautiful because, you know, one night you could watch you could stream this show from Steppenwolf and then the next night or, you know, an hour later, you watch in real time how this is manifesting in the world. And yeah. I don't know. I just thought that was so cool. And I remember being like, how did – I remember seeing it and thinking to myself, how did Steppenwolf write a play this quickly based on what we just watched on Oprah? And I was like, oh, wait, this is not – this is old, older, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And I, I like what you said about surrender too. I, I was talking to somebody, um, about us doing an interview and they were like, who is she? And so I sent them your Instagram profile and I was like, what should I, what should I ask her? And they were like, I would really love to know literally how and why she is so happy. <laughs> like they were just seeing this from your Instagram profile. And I was like, let's go. Because I think this is, and this is like a fun conversation. I think this conversation has potential to be really intangible, but I also think that there's so much beauty in discussing um, joy and, 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 and joy as it manifests in a relationship with the Lord. And in, I think I was doing some research on this and one of my favorite pastors, John Mark Comer, who pastors Bridgetown church in Portland, he, he calls it, which I think is interesting and I'm excited to hear your thoughts, but he calls it like the discipline of celebration and I think that we can see all throughout scripture. I mean, all over Philippians, it's like, it's like rejoice in the Lord always. And then he says it again. He's like, I'll say it again, rejoice. And I just feel like, you know, we've been talking for 10 minutes so far, but I've seen your, I've seen the way that you interact and you host a Bible study for brunch and, and you just are, are dripping with gratitude. And I would love to hear just kind of have you always like bent towards gratitude? Have you always bent towards delight in this way? Or what does it look like for you to practice gratitude in in your everyday like relationship with the Lord? Yeah, oh, I love that. I also I'm so flattered that that is uh, <laughs> that is what is said uh, that the happiness and it's so funny. I there was someone that uh, I don't know very well. Who took like a collection of pictures and made it like a collage of me and posted it on my birthday on my wall and was just like if you ever want to know they made a meme they were like if you ever want to know where the happiness went see celeste or something like that and i was like what <laughs> because i guess for me i um i don't always feel like incredibly happy or joyous it's more just the I, I think it's important for me to practice, uh, practice gratitude, practice um, seeing things to the best of my ability. The glass is half full versus half empty, right? And I think for me, like I, I was, we were talking briefly earlier about social media and, and things of that nature. I, mm -hmm. I just, you know, I'm so grateful, Emma. I'm so incredibly grateful, and 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 might get emotional about it, but. Uh, you know, all of us have a path, all of us have a testimony, all of us, um, you know, have different things and, and struggles and things that we might have happened um, throughout our life. And, uh, you know, and my childhood wasn't, um, you know, a best at all. I, I came from an abusive household and, uh, and that was really hard. Um, that was really hard for me. And it, and it also encouraged me not to speak up. It encouraged me to shrink and um, all types of things of that nature. And so it, it blows my mind mm. that I ended up being in a business that I, I'm out, I'm speaking and I'm out here and <laughs> like, I'm, I am now mm. in, in relationship with different people, individuals and things of that nature. And so because of how I grew up, I'm so interested in helping people not um, feel less about themselves. 
uh, like, and I'm, st- and I'm in that journey still myself of like really loving and loving myself, loving God, believing that anything is possible. And the more I can say that thing for myself and say it to other people, it just, it just starts to, to grow. And so, you know, it would be hard for me to have a social media page or anything where it's going to be extremely negative or it's going to be, um, you know, picking at things or people or something like that. I'm like, I'm not, uh, the cancel culture stuff is really makes me really, um, uh, I, I don't, I don't, uh, like how the cancel culture, <laughs> uh, how that works. Uh, yeah. and, and I kind of, cause it goes against, you know, taking it to that other person and, um, and talking to them. And, and I know some people won't listen, but I just think that there's other ways, um, to do things in order to, uh, you know, have, have peace, have, you know, um, you know, justice or whatever the situation is that doesn't necessarily involve, um, bashing someone publicly and people picking sides and people saying more hateful things. And so if I can be someone that spreads more love and more light and um, more peace and and any type of joy, I'm going to do that because I know what it's like to feel, uh, to feel low, to feel like no one cares, to feel like that there's no way out. And so uh, the ways in which I, I practice, um, you know, gratitude or even just my relationship with God. I mean, one is uh, giving daily, having daily time with God. Uh, you know, I typically every morning is when I have my time with God. I'm actually working to make it more of a, a morning and a night practice. Uh, I think the more God, the better for me. Uh, but also, you know, like, and then just finding the balance of how much and, and when and all that stuff. It's quality versus quantity. And, and something that I always have to remind myself because I'm like, I'm going to do devotionals and then I'm going to read my Bible and then I'm going to journal and then I'm going to do like, and all those things are great, but you know, I can literally have God time for like three hours and be like, Oh, I was supposed to call <laughs> so-and-so and I was supposed to do these different things. Yeah. And so I'm finding, I'm finding the balance of what all that looks like, but I think it's, it, it might be dependent on the person or where you are in that day. Sometimes I'm just like, I just need to talk to God. I just need to be out in nature yeah. and sit with God. Um, I love going to the lake yeah. and, and sitting by the water and just that actually is the best time for me to be still. It's the easiest time for me to be still when I'm in my apartment, I have a yeah. harder time. So I'm talking, 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 and sometimes I don't do the best job of listening. And so that is something that mm. I'm continuing to work on, but uh, journaling um, and even writing, um, what I'm grateful for. Sometimes I every, like I used to do it like every night and sometimes still do write like the 10 things I'm grateful for, for that day. Like what are 10 things I'm grateful for today? Um, I also therapy, I'm such a therapy uh, advocate. And so I have a great therapist. I also think group therapy, whatever you need, um, go for it. And even if you have therapy, um, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I'm really trying to break whatever <laughs> judgments there are around therapy because you don't have to have all these issues or all these problems because of therapy. I think everyone uh, should right. go to therapy regardless of what their story is because it really helps and it really mm-hmm. transforms if you have the, the, the best therapist for you. So, uh, so yeah, it's really dependent on um, the day, but it always is always yeah. starting my day with God. And always also like yeah. praying 
you know, like it's great to pray about whatever I got going on with myself, but I, I realize also too, the more I can pray about other people and the, and what's going on with them, the more I can actually serve in my communities, whether that's volunteering somewhere or that's just, you know, being uh, helping helping hand for a friend that needs to move or whatever it is. I uh, all of that is an is another beautiful way to practice gratitude and to get out of your own like issues. Um, you know, if you're going through a whole bunch right now, mm-hmm. try praying for someone that literally is trying to survive from COVID-19 right now. You know what I mean? And it, it's, it's, um, it, it almost changes instantly the, the situation that you have yeah. that you're feeling so heavy and not that you shouldn't feel what you're feeling, but this other person might really need your prayer right now, might really need your attention, might really need mm-hmm. that encouraging text because they've been really down or they just got out of this relationship and they thought it was going to, you know, whoever there's people in your lives that need you um, and you should take care of you and you should, you know, definitely put God first. And, and, um, but what does it look like to really be a servant of God? And that's what I'm, I'm trying to explore because it's like this world is temporary and there's, there's this industry (laughs) and even just outside of the industry will tell you, uh, what is important, um, but it doesn't line up with God um, mm-hmm. a lot of times. And so it's like, okay, God, what yeah. do you want me to do? What is important to you? Um, let me read your word so I know exactly the truth of it. Someone's telling me this is what it is, but actually in your word, it's this. So this is what I'm going to listen to is you, God. So yeah. it's all of that balance, yeah. which is, you know, and then the, my Bible studies, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, and I have some other like, um, another group called Prayer Sister Bonnets, where we meet on uh, Friday mornings and pray for different things in the community. Uh, and yeah, I ha- there's there's an support systems of uh, spiritual, um, you know, friends, um, Christian friends, whatever, you know, like a faith-based friends uh, that are also really, really great because they can also remind you of, they can get you back on track. You know what I mean? If you find your, if they can hear you yeah. talking more about um, anything negative or if you're getting down or whatever the situation, they're going to bring God into the situation or God into the equation and help you get back on track. So even being surrounded by like-minded um, believers, I think is really helpful in maintaining joy. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. I think, and I think that there's, it's, I think joy is something that we see as just like a given or joy is directly related to our, I think our circumstances. I mean, we see, you know, you walk into a house and there's just like a big sign that says joy. And it's like, well, what is that? Like, what does that actually tangibly mean? Especially as it's related to scripture, because I feel like all over scripture, especially in like Paul's letters, like he's telling people like he's, com- it's a command, like rejoice. Yeah. Like this yeah. is something that is necessary for your spiritual wholeness. And, and there's a reason. And it's actually interesting. I was doing some research on Philippians four, which is the v- verse I quoted earlier of, um, when it says, always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. And remember the Lord is coming soon. And it's cool because the word for joy there is the same word that it says in Matthew 2.10 when the wise men saw the star on their way to Bethlehem. And it says they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And I'm like, geez, like we we mm. are 
like, and this is kind of the conversation we had a little bit before, but we are, we are required and we are called, we are called to like take great joy in the Lord. And I think that that comes with gratitude. And, and I, I kind of actually want to touch on if, if you're willing, just, I think this idea like of like the cancel culture or whatever. And I think that this is like a really hard, but really important conversation for believers to have in particular, because I was reading and I just started reading Hosea this morning. I'm like working my way through the, through the Bible still. And I just started Hosea this morning and it just talks about like, literally the spirit like brought me to tears because just the way that like God. So like obviously Hosea and Gomer and Gomer is like constantly cheating on Hosea, like has other lovers is, you know, unfaithful to him. And it's symbolic Mm -hmm. of just the way that Israel has constantly been with God of like worshiping all these other gods you know, like constantly coming to the temple and giving our God, the true God offerings, but then like going and worshiping Baal and all this stuff. And I'm just amazed at how like, God, we deserved in that sense, like, and this is so cheesy, but like Israel and we like, does we deserve to be canceled, like truly. And I think that the the reason why we aren't is because of God, like it says in Hosea, I think three or two or three is like, because of his exceeding love for us and his mercy, like he just just chooses not to like abandon us and it's because of nothing we did and I think and I'll be curious to hear what you have like what you can like comment on this of just like I think the idea of cancel culture that's really dangerous is it it determines the way we treat people based on what we think they deserve Mm -hmm. and how it's like okay if you cancel someone that means that you you have resolved to believe that they are just too far gone or that like God can't do a redeeming work in their heart. And I think Mm. that's what's hard is that then we've just given up. And I think that that's why I was so like emotional this morning reading Hosea is like, I have been literally chased down by God so many times when I really just deserve for him to like abandon me. Um, So yeah, so I just want to hear like just maybe more of what, like how that's manifest in your life or just anything. I don't know if, I think maybe the cancel culture is like a leap, but yeah. No, I think that, uh, like I said, I, I'm, (laughs) I have these moments of wanting to get off social media and I'm always like, do I even really need it? If if I'm supposed to have a certain booking or a certain thing, God's going to make sure that thing happens. I don't think I need a certain bunch of followers. I don't think I need any, you know, all this type of stuff. But at the same time, you know, I get comments like what you're saying of spreading joy and other people are like, oh, I want to have a, if I'm having a bad day, I go to your page and I'm like, oh, wow. Like, okay, well, there's pressure wow. and there's like, there's also something, um, I'm doing something that is, is bringing light. And I think for me, it's like, okay, I'll, I'll just log off after I post something or maybe or whatever, you know, but the thing about cancel culture to me, or at least what I've noticed, um, and I'm, and I'm thinking more, you know, I, I'm not speaking about the whole grand scope, but for certain things that I notice is that sometimes the people that are canceling, uh, sometimes I get the impression that they don't see their flaws uh, and they don't mm-hmm. see, like, they don't necessarily see the ways in which they've hurt someone and the ways in which they should probably get canceled for behavior they've done. Uh, and, and so sometimes I feel like it's just a lack of compassion and people are just missing the mark. It, it's like, 
you know, if I, I, it always is frustrating to me. And, and when I hear and, I'm, and maybe I've even done it, but I feel like I, I'm more mindful of what I hear is people being so frustrated or so upset because they're like, I don't understand how they could do that. I would never do that. I would never. And part of me is like, I don't know if we really know what we would never do, uh, you know, uh, with certain situations, yeah. uh, and, and circumstances and manipulation and pressure and people telling you this is what you should do. You don't really know what you would do, even if you are the strongest yeah. person and you are your own person and you don't like sometimes you, you know, I, I think everyone at some point, whether they're young, old or whatever, has fall, fallen into some type of peer pressure. Right. But if someone were to judge me yeah. based on who I was five years ago, 10 years ago and post something I, it would be like, wow, man, like I'm, I am now <laughs> everything that I've done that has, that's like literally like God has been working in me and doing all like, and now that's the thing that's getting attention, even though it was maybe one situation. And I said this thing and I, it, I don't feel that way about that thing anymore, but, but if someone were to keep, you know, so I, I think that that lack of compassion is, is, is dangerous. It is sad. It is, uh, you know, it, it's, it's uh, telling people when they, and especially depending on what the voices are, um, you know, if this is a voice that people are, they admire as well as also they're afraid of the person that's leading this charge, they will do anything they can to prove to this person who is essentially an idol in some ways that they feel the same way and they're like, oh, I'll make a post to cancel this person or I'll do this and cancel it. So it's a lot of following, leading and people that are leading probably should just sit down somewhere. So, uh, <laughs> but I think, yeah, it, I think with canceling, it's like, you know, is there is there truly no other way to go about getting what, is needed for everyone. Like, did you, did you truly try yeah. to have a conversation? Did you talk to that person's boss or that person's whatever? Like, did you truly try? Uh, Cause I'm not saying it's like, you shouldn't, there's no room for posting about things that need to change, but I think there's just a way to do it. But uh, yes. Cause sometimes yeah. I think sometimes that people will post stuff and want to cancel, but they, they actually allowed the person to do all the things. They never actually spoke up for themselves or they're upset that they never actually worked there or whatever the situation may be. There could be a lot of different cases. And if that person hasn't examined truly what it is that is making them feel that they need to cancel this person, they could actually destroy a person's career, um, destroy a person's reputation because yeah. of the anger or the whatever it is that they're dealing with. But I do think there is room for posting. Like I, I think with it, when it comes to, um, you know, Black Lives Matter or any type of, you know, um, um, any type of uh, uh, issue where people are not being seen as people, uh, you know, I think definitely yeah. post about that thing. But even for me, when I post about right. a police officer killing a, a black person or a person of color, or, or um, I. I try not to target the cop. It's more of a, I want you to know who mm -hmm. died. This person was this young. Mm -hmm. This person had a family. This person, you know, like this was a yeah. human being and now they are gone. Uh, 
and 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 yeah. I think it's like I I can't imagine what it's like to <laughs> you know I don't I can't imagine what it's like to be a cop and in that world and I and I recognize that mm-hmm. uh and so it's like I don't want to necessarily like I don't want to necessarily shame them or say some hateful things because I'm upset about the life that was lost. And I am upset about the life that was lost. And I, and I do wonder um, what the heart of the person was that took this life, but uh, I'm not necessarily trying to cause this big uproar of hate. And so, but it's, it's finding that fine line when you post different things because uh, you know, some people will post only on the hate side and it's just like, okay, well, you know, yeah. I just, yeah. how do we, is it eye for an eye? Or is that really what we're trying to, you know, do? Mm-hmm. But some people, yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah, it's complicated. It's a complicated yeah. thing. But compassion, yeah. I think, is really it. It's like, can you really recognize if this person was you, what would you want? How would you want to be approached? Yeah. What would it take for someone mm-hmm. to, for you to listen? Uh you know, yeah. and also bring lasting change. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you don't know what that person went through. I, you know, I've had, uh, different experiences of some people that are so reserved and like, they don't smile, they don't do anything. And I'm like, they're, they're being, they're so like, they have so stuck up. Like they are so like, that's like an initial thought. Right. And then I am talk to them. And I'm like, wait, Oh, you're not stuck. You're not And I like, and I always admit like, oh my gosh, I thought you were like standoffish and just like, and they're like, no, I'm actually incredibly shy. I just, and I get really awkward around people. Mm -hmm. And so I just don't say anything, but I guess, yeah, like people have told me they thought that I was standoffish and I'm like, oh, see, they just needed someone Mm -hmm. to take the time to have that conversation to know, like, this is just who I am. And I'm trying to work on breaking out of my bubble. So yeah, more conversations. Yeah. 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 And I think that like proximity is a huge part of that of like, I think that another reason why like we as believers have to come at this from another angle is because like, what are the things, like the things we know as believers are one, like we are all sinful and we are all fallen and our sin is what separates us from God. Like we, we know this Two, like we can't assume like in any case, I think that what we deserve that's that's what's hard and i think that's what's different and that's what's the rub is that like we have to acknowledge that we all deserved we all deserve to be separated from god because of our sin and that's mm-hmm. why that's like what necessitated jesus to come and die for us yeah. on the cross because he was like the perfect sacrifice and i yeah. think that what's hard is that we try to paint like oh this it's like we have to redefine good in a way in these conversations and just acknowledge like the world and this is not a cop out it's like the world is literally fallen and so depraved and if if we actually want to make it better we often have to put ourselves in proximity or put ourselves in conversations that are super uncomfortable that we Mm -hmm. don't have the all the answers for we have to be willing to like be humble enough to back up and be like who this isn't about me and defending my view. This is about like the pursuit of truth. And oftentimes the pursuit of truth is hurt. It, it, it doesn't feel good to receive. 
and I think that that's hard. And I, and I think that right now there's a lot of like, there's a lot of like choosing to misunderstand. There's a lot of, you don't like a lot of like, we don't deserve our time. And I think that if we look at scripture and if we look at the way Jesus lived, he just, he was constantly putting himself in, in proximity with mm. people who were, who were like the most sinful yeah. and he was like reprimanded for that constantly. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so this is what brings lasting change is like proximity to, yeah. to the father or, and yeah. to Jesus. And so I'm like, okay, wow. So, I mean, yeah. and of course, like there's no, there's no like perfect way to engage in this. There's no right way, but it's like we as believers, we have to approach these conversations differently or we're just, yeah. we're just like everybody else. Yeah. And that's clearly not helpful because yeah. look at the world we're living in. So I think it's checking. Yeah, I don't know. That's like, really hard. Checking that pride, uh, your, your personal pride, because the thing that is so easy to fall into uh, is, well, you know, you, you they, someone's talking about like a serial killer. Well, I'm not a serial killer. I can't believe, I don't understand how they, how are they a serial killer? Well, God, I, I don't think God actually, ju- he doesn't, I, to my understanding, he doesn't seem to say this sin is worse than this sin or this sin like I think sin is sin across the board and there's no sin greater or lesser it's all sin and so if someone wants to have a conversation with someone that they don't understand why they have done this particular sin they have to also know I am a sinner like you have to be like I am a sinner and I'm talking to this other sinner and wanting to get clarity and understanding of why do you sin this particular sin. I don't understand it. It makes me angry that you sin like, like it makes me however much or like I'm upset. I'm feeling all these things, but I also know that I am a sinner because I think people can put themselves on pedestals that God didn't say they should be on. And also it's like just really, uh, trying to get to the truth of the thing. If you're, if you're having this conversation because you want to put somebody in their place, or you want to prove that you are right and they are wrong, that that's also not, you don't need to be having that conversation. You don't need, you're not ready to have a conversation. Uh, And so that's the thing where I'm like, social posting, social, like all that type of stuff. It's like, if you're, some of it's like, were you ready to have the conversation and you, you weren't ready. And so now you're typing about it and you got all these people that are like, yeah, this person's messed up. Let's take them down. So I, and yeah. and I you know and it's every and all of these stories are very different and some of them mm-hmm. don't it doesn't necessarily line up the same way every time some people have probably gone through so many sure. conversations with difficult people and this end up being the best you know result in some ways but perhaps there's yeah. always a way I just think there's always a way to say something right there's always a way to say something so even if you need people to really know what happened on a public forum um, yeah. you know, is there a way that it's not so hateful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like you said of like, what is our intention? Like, I think of like, I think of the gospels and I think of this, the Sadducees and the Pharisees who are constantly approaching Jesus and in scripture, it'll be like, they went up to him to try to trap him. Like they would ask conversation, they would initiate conversations or ask him questions. And it'll say like, as to trip him up or like as to try to confuse him or or catch him in a lie. And yeah. it's like, 
the Sadducees and the Pharisees missed out on such a beautiful opportunity to get to know the Messiah because they were so firm in their ways and their opinions that they that they didn't even want to get to know him. They just wanted mm-hmm. to trap him. They yeah. were like determined that he wasn't the Messiah. They were like, no, like this isn't right. Or And then they started to get confused. And then it would say like they stopped asking him questions. So I just think, I don't know, I think that we can see that. We can see that modeled in the way Jesus lived. And it's just it's just rough. Um, yeah. Okay, that was a great conversation. I just really like that. It's fun. <laughs> um, okay, so kind of switching gears a little bit, but I'm I'm excited to talk to you about this because this is something that I feel like God is actively and like in real time working on in my life. And I think some in I think in the acting world or in the in the industry, it's sort of talked about as like a positive inner monologue. And I think we talk about it in you know, in therapy or in counseling as like cultivating a healthy thought life. And I think that one thing that the Lord is constantly bringing me to is Philippians 4, 13, which is um, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Okay, that's not Philippians 4.13. I don't know why I wrote that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's later. It, I think it's 4.9 or earlier. But um, yeah, and I just feel like this is something that we as actors in particular, I just struggle with. Like I feel like I'm constantly at war with my thought life. And I know in like Romans 2.12, it says like, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I would love to know, Celeste, like in your years of being an actress and in your years of being in the industry or just being a believer or a person in general, like what are some practices that you've been able to implement for cultivating like a healthy thought life that is that is primed to be like transformed by, by being renewed. Yeah. Oof. Well, I'm, um, I'm, I'm always on the journey. Let's say that. Uh, Cause some stuff, yeah. <laughs> that, some stuff that worked stops working or something. You know what I mean? Like you kind of just, it's different things. And I think what your question makes me think more about auditions uh, and just re- the rejection yeah. aspect of the business. And so like thinking about that, or just even thinking about the business in a whole, thinking about being a believer. Uh, there's different things that have been very helpful. Uh, so, so yeah, we're in an industry that is constantly, it's co- constantly comparing, constantly, uh, you know, looking at our physical appearance and seeing if it it lines up with what is what they want it is constantly like just there's a lot of judgment in this business um a lot of judgment in the world right and so the thing that I'm that I do my best to do and I try to tell other people to do is when it comes to like auditions in particular like when we go into these rooms you know, definitely pray before you go into the room. Definitely, um, you know, sometimes when I, a lot of the prayer that I pray is mainly about just wanting to do my best work, wanting to do my best work, wanting to, um, if this is for me, that it will happen. Uh, And and if, you know, and even letting God know, hey, 
this is something that I would love to be for me, but if it's not in your will, if it's not something that's going to be beneficial for me, it's not going to help me move forward in any way, God, I, I don't want it. As, much, as exciting as the project sounds, um, as much as I would like to work with this director, as much as I would like to work with whoever is already in it, I, I want to trust that you will put me exactly where I need to be. Uh, and so the more I was looking like at that, the more I was thinking of auditions as practice, uh, another way to practice, another way mm-hmm. to show them what my take of the role is. Like, it is your time, right? That's something I have to remind myself. It's my time in this audition room. And it is my my take on the role. This is based on my impulses, my thoughts. So let me show you how I believe this role is, like who this person is and trying to do that unapologetically and, um, and, and asking if I need to, to, you know, can I, can I take this one more time? I want to try something else. Like asking if, you know, if that's possible, the more I can make it about the fact that God has blessed me with a gift and I am now going to show you my gift and, you know, the, the more healthier mindset I will be in versus me going in hoping that they will like me and hoping that I do it yeah. right. Um, whatever right is has always kicked my butt because I'm like, I, I always am looking for to do what is right when that is sometimes they don't even know what they are looking for and they need someone to show them what it is. And so if I can take my time um, and 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 take my time in, in the sense of just like, not feeling like, oh my gosh, they're running behind. So I need to hurry up and do, or, oh, I don't want to take up too much time. I don't want to like, uh, I wonder if they're going to like what, you know, the more I can be like, this is what I'm bringing into the room. I'm, I am, I believe this is um, who the person is. I've done, um, I de- I've done my homework for whatever the information I've got, you know, I've got for that particular role um, is more confident and build up I can be. And sometimes, which was always fun. And, and I still sometimes say it, that's really fun is like that confidence of I want to make it incredibly hard for them to say no to me. Uh, so even if I leave the room and I don't book it, I know it was incredibly hard for them to say no to me. And, and, and sometimes something about leading in with that energy and not in a cocky way, but more in a way of like, I know I've done the work. I know I've done my best approach on this role. They gave me adjustments and I feel like I took those adjustments and I tried to play. I tried to have fun. You know, I think we forget about the fun mm-hmm. aspect of it. And I do. I know I, I definitely do. Yeah. And so I'm always like, have fun in this room. Don't make it so like I got to I got to do it. And, you know, and sometimes you're in these audition rooms and you're looking at a whole bunch of people that all look like you. They're all dressed like you in the same outfit because that's what you're supposed to wear. Like it's like a it's a weird thing where you're like, oh, and I like how their pants that their I should have wore pants like that. Why did I wear the jeans? Oh, I should have put my hair up and then I did it down. Oh, that's not right. Oh, I really like what, so like all that stuff, you know, you be so sure when you walk out of your house that day, this is what the character looks like. This is who the character is. And I am going in there no matter what happens, no matter who wants to talk to me and taking that time too, because some actors like to talk to other people, whatever, in one before the audition. And sometimes that's fine for me, but other times, it's not. And I need to go find a little quiet space and be with my thoughts. But 
but yeah, so that's some stuff in terms of before uh, an audition is just different, basically um, kind of mantras, I guess. It's like I'm practicing, like this is like I'm just practicing. I am um, working to get better. I'm going to do this to get better. Um, you know, like how can I get even more uh, stronger in my craft? Here we go. Um, <clears throat> let me uh, show them what this role is. Like, let me, let me uh, you know, have fun um playing this this role like it's actually my role right now like they haven't told me it's not mine it's mine right now and I'm gonna make it incredibly hard for you to say no to me and that's fun that's a little game that I'm gonna play you know you guys are gonna be so charmed so like delighted and so like gosh like oh my gosh I really want to cast her but ah she's too short next to such and such you know what I mean like I want that to be hard for you and and I want to believe that I am enough uh, believing and knowing that yeah. you are enough, knowing that God is like, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He knit us in his, in his, our mother's womb, like knitting, you know what I mean? Like how, yeah. how specific and intricate is that? Like, that is beautiful to me. And so anytime I, you know, mm-hmm. haven't thought about not being adequate or not being enough, I'm like, wait a second, God said that I am. You know what I mean? He said that I'm yeah. enough. He said that I'm, I'm not in mistake. Like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And sometimes I'm, I question that. I'm yeah. like, I don't know about this business. It can be abusive feeling. It can be all of these things. I'm not sure. But like at the same time, God bless me with these gifts. And I also don't think that like you have this podcast. I also don't think this is all who we are. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think well, he made artists. I mean, God's an artist. He's a creator, right? So like, I don't think that's all that we were meant to do. And sometimes we get stuck yeah. in only doing this thing when there's other things that actually can be so much more fulfilling in a lot of different ways. Like working for other people might not be that fulfilling all the time. Some yeah. some people aren't taught um, how to treat people with respect and to all these things or to not you know, really just feed into their egos and their pride of like, yeah, you better be grateful that you're working with me, all that type of stuff. And so you have some toxic people in this industry that will make you not be happy, not feel like you want to work with them or not want to be an artist anymore. But can you create Mm -hmm. your own work? You know, will you create your own work? I have a couple of one woman shows uh, that I did throughout my career and different projects that I like produce or create. And, and even in this pandemic, God was reminding me that I need to continue to create my own because it is empowering. It is inspiring. And it does um, really, it, it really makes me feel like I can fly <laughs> in a way that sometimes being an artist doesn't, uh, you know, or being or working for other people doesn't because I, I am, I will build an environment to the best of my ability that is loving, that is full of light, that is encouraging whatever the project may be. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, and to feel like, you know, I'm, I'm connected with God in that and I'm in, in talking to God in that it's just really, uh, it really is a blessing for me. And, uh, mm-hmm. but I also know that based on what I've heard, that it's a blessing for other people, right. To do that thing. And so yeah. the more we can create our own, I think is also really, really important, uh, to not just be waiting for someone to give you your yes. You know what I mean? I'm waiting for this person to yeah. hire me. Uh, you know, God has already mm-hmm. blessed you with everything that you need and at the time that you need it, uh, and it will happen if he said it's yours, you know? So, 
uh, that patience, yeah, which is yeah. so hard. Uh, but yeah, journaling, as I said earlier, journaling, therapy, praying, uh, yeah, you know, reading yeah. your word. I think the more we can yeah. read our word, the more we can get the word in us, you know, uh, mm-hmm. the better we will be because, you know, when we don't have the word mm-hmm. in us, then we can fall into what the world says we need to be or what the world says it is. Um, but if we have the word to combat yeah. that, then we'll, we'll always choose yeah. God's way, which is really beautiful. So, uh, yeah, so I think I answered your question in some ways. I kind yeah. of went the audition route, yeah. but like, nice. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so good. I think that's so good. And that's definitely something, I mean, obviously I'm not like auditioning a ton right now because there's not a whole lot, but I think that that's one thing that God has been teaching me recently is like, there are so many like paths of falsity that I can go down in my own head of like, I'm not enough. I'm not good enough for this industry. I should just be doing something else. I'd be so much better at something else. Um, My friends are getting more stuff than me. I don't have a good enough headshot, blah, blah, blah. And like, there are so many thoughts that if I were just to ask myself, if I would just test my thoughts up against scripture and ask, and like that verse we just talked about, whatever is true, that's literally the first one. If I were just to ask myself, is this thought true? Most of the time when it's a damaging Mm -hmm. thought, I'll just be like, no. That that's not true. God did not say that about mm. me. And this is not a thought, this is not a thought path I need to go down. So I think that's really helpful is like, mm-hmm. you know, when we're asking ourselves, okay, I'm supposed to, I'm I, God is like advising me to think about things that are true. So how do I determine what is true? It's like, well, I test it up against scripture. So if I'm walking around all day thinking I'm not enough, I'm not enough, it's like, well, is that true, Emma? And then I think about it, I'm like, no, God never said that. Mm. And that's just really helpful. So Yeah. Well, you're the best. And this was such a great conversation. We covered so much fun material. I know. I'm like, this is such such yeah. a fun, you know, convo for people to hear. And it was so encouraging for me. And I'm sure it'll be so encouraging for our listeners too. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for having us. Know that we're like praying for you and we've got you um, like on our minds and in our hearts too. Because I know that you're, you're kind of working, working again. So, um, but we would love to like we're going to obviously be posting all this stuff and um listeners will be excited to hear from you but you're the best so we'll talk to you soon thank you emma (laughs) thanks for having me thanks so much for listening to this episode of the narrow way to broadway podcast if you enjoyed listening please subscribe we release new episodes the first and third monday of the month for more information on what we're up to follow us on instagram at inwaybway.com